It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, here we go again, Ray. Rich, isn't there a name of a song? Like that? Here we go again? I think so. I think <laughs> I've heard something like that. <laughs> but we are going again. I tell and we you thank what, the Lord for that. If you're watching the news, you're watching television, all it does is kind of make you sick, doesn't it? I mean, man alive, everything is happening, and it's all going the wrong way. And that's too bad. But on the other hand, uh, there are people who are going through personal trials and struggles and heartaches. Uh, and a loss of a loved one, and all of that. Um, start off with this song, and this is for all of our listeners who have a difficulty in their life right now. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? as I was listening to that, I was thinking, uh, absolutely, the words of that song are so true, but only if you turned your eyes on Jesus. That would be a wonderful song to use on a complete story sometime. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. You remember the words of and that song? And the things of this world will grow strangely uh, dim. I was drawn to thinking about my good friend, Dr. Adrian Rogers. Memphis, Tennessee, Bellevue Baptist Church. Yes. He was such a good friend, and he meant so much to everybody that ever had a chance to know him and hear him preach. And he still is on Bot Radio Network because even though, folks, the body may die, the words live on. And the Word of God is what Adrian Rogers always preached solidly without compromise or anything else. And it's a living word. Um, now, life versus death. You see, the bodies die, but people don't. Life versus death. 
and there is no one more innocent, more deserving of people to help them continue living than an unborn baby. The innocence of a young unborn baby and everybody is talking about their rights and their interests and what they want. What about the child? Here is Dr. Adrian Rogers to speak on that subject. Here it is. We have been talking already uh, about some things that deal with human life, where we live, because the book of Proverbs is not way up in the ethereal. The book of Proverbs is right down where we live, and our message today definitely is that way. I want to say that I have, in a sense, argued with the Lord about the message today. Not really, but I've, I want to preach His Word, and I want to preach it like He wants it preached. But what I mean by that is this is not the message that I would enjoy preaching. The message today is not a happy message. Today, the message is not an upbeat message. You're not going to go out of here laughing. You're going to go out of here with a broken heart. And if I have any preach in me, you're going to go out of here deeply moved and deeply concerned because of the subject that we have today. The title of the message today is Innocent Blood. Innocent Blood. And I want you to read with me Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 and following. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, and feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Now I want you to go to the latter part of the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, if you would please, and read a corresponding passage. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 11 and 12. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? I want to speak to you today on the tragic, horrendous, pathetic, grisly, abortion business. Hands that shed innocent blood. Here's the diary of a little girl. October the 5th, dear diary. Today my life began. My parents do not know it yet. I am so small, I'm as small as the pollen of a flower. But it is I already. I will be a girl. I will have blonde hair and blue eyes. Nearly everything is settled already, even that I shall love flowers. October 19th, I have grown a little, but I'm still too small to do anything by myself. My mother does almost everything for me. Though she still does not know it, she is carrying me under her heart. She does not know that she is already helping me and that she is even feeding me with her own blood. She is so good, but is it true that I'm not yet a real person? That only my mother exists? I am a real person. 
just as a small crumb of bread is still real bread, my mother is, and I am. October 23, my mouth is just now beginning to open. Just think, in a year or two, I'll be laughing, and I will start to talk. My first word will be, Mama. October 25, today my heart began to beat. It will beat softly for the rest of my life, never stopping. After many years, it will tire. Then it will stop, and I shall die. November 2, I'm growing continually. My arms and legs are taking shape, but I must wait a long time before those tiny legs will raise me to my mother's arms, and before those little arms will be able to conquer the earth and befriend people. November the 12th, my fingers are beginning to form on my hand. How small they are. One day I will stroke my mother's hair with them. I shall take her hair in my mouth and she'll say, oh, nasty. <laughs> November 20th, only today that doctor told my mother that I am living here under her heart. How happy she must be. Are you happy, mother? November 25, my mother and father are probably thinking about a name for me. They don't even know that I'm a little girl, so they're probably calling me Andy. But I want to be called Barbara. I am growing so big. December the 10th, my hair is growing. It is as bright and shiny as the sun. I wonder what kind of hair my mother has. December the 12th. I'm almost able to see, though it's night all around me. When mother brings me into the world, it will be full of sunshine and overflowing with flowers. I've never seen a flower, you know, but more than anything, I want to see my mother. How do you look, mom? December the 24th. I wonder if my mother hears the delicate beat of my heart. Some children are born with sickly hearts. And then the gentle finger of the doctor performs miracles to make them healthy. But my heart is healthy. It beats so evenly. Tup, 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 tup. You shall have a healthy little daughter, Mom. December 28th. Today, my mother killed me. A diary of a preborn child. Today, Every day in the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, innocent babies will be slain. These little babies will not have a chance to have a trial to see whether they should have capital punishment performed upon them. There will be no jury. They will not have a counselor, a lawyer to argue their case. They will be executed in a cruel and inhumane way. January the 22nd, 1973, nine men robed in black issued a decree that it is now legal to kill a baby. Only three requirements. Number one, the baby still lives inside its mother's body. Number two, the mother wants the baby killed. Number three, a doctor is willing to do the killing. Those are the three requirements to kill a baby to legally kill, kill a baby. The baby lives inside the mother. The mother wants the baby killed, and a doctor is willing to do the killing. Did you know that in the United States of America it is now legal to take the life of a baby even while the mother is in labor? Hmm? 
in these so-called God-blessed states of ours. Now, here's what the Supreme Court said in Roe versus Wade, January 22. A state is forbidden to proscribe. Now, the word uh, proscribe means to forbid abortion at any time prior to birth. Now, notice this. Some people don't realize what that law said. At any time prior to birth, if in the opinion of one licensed physician, an abortion is necessary to preserve the life or health of the mother. Now, very few people would argue with saving the life of the mother, but what do they mean by the health of the mother? That is a term that has become so broad as to become practically meaningless. Here is, here's the court's own definition of health. It means, and I quote, the medical judgment may be exercised in the light of all factors, physical, emotional, psychological, familial, and the woman's age relevant to the well-being of the patient. All these factors may relate to health. And so it, it, it means this, that uh, if, if uh, having a baby would force a distressful life and future on a woman, she may kill her baby. If it is determined that it would produce psychological harm to her, she may have her baby killed. If it would tax the mental and physical health of the mother by the child care that would be necessary to take care of the baby after the baby comes, she may kill the baby. Uh, you may kill the baby if there is distress associated with the unwanted child. That is, you don't want a child. That just distresses you. Oh, we're going to have a child. We didn't want one. I went to Washington one time to testify before a Senate committee on abortion. And as I went outside in the hallway, I was accosted by a young woman. And she was also a, quote, pro-choice, end of quote, advocate. And she looked at me and she said, Sir, Mr. Rogers, you just don't understand how traumatic it is for a woman to have an unwanted pregnancy. I said, now let me see if I can get your line of reason. What you're saying is that people who traumatize other people ought to be eliminated, exterminated. Is that right? Because right now you're traumatizing me. I said, suppose I jump on you right now and put my thumbs in your throat and throttle you. I said, at least you could run. At least you could cry out for help. I said, who can a little baby go to? A little baby can't even run. I'm sure she went off and told everybody that Baptist preacher threatened to strangle me. <laughs> if it causes a trauma, then the child may be put to death. Or if there will be the continuing difficulties and stigma of unwed motherhood. That is, if, if it's just not socially acceptable to have this baby, then you may put the baby to death. Oh, but you say, Brother Rogers, these are, this is just happening to these little, uh, little blobs of protoplasm. I told you about right over here in our sister state in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, where a 19-year-old girl, Marie, went into her doctor's office there to have what some call uh, a, a, an abortion, just the removal of a, of a little piece of protoplasm, something I suppose she thought like a tonsillectomy. This girl had been carrying this baby for 28 weeks. When the doctor performed the procedure, he took that little so-called blob of protoplasm and laid it on a table. It was a perfectly formed baby. It was still moving. 
He wrapped it in a towel and completed his procedure. Then he took that piece of humanity and put it in a sack and gave it to a friend of the girl who was having the abortion. She took it home. It continued to move. It continued to make noises. They got frightened and they took this little baby that weighed one pound and 13 ounces back to the hospital. A team of physicians was called in. They wrapped that child in an umbrella of heat. They began to do all of those things. They spent $150,000 to preserve that life that a few moments ago was supposed to be a blob of protoplasm. Today, that little baby is alive and well. Now, I want to ask you a question. Was that human life or was that not human life? Was should that baby have been killed or should that baby not have been killed? They don't want you to believe that's human life. I want to ask you a question. Is it a lie? Well, you say yes. What kind of life is it? Animal life? What kind of life is it? Vegetable life? That, my friend, is human life. It's not a part of the mother's body. It is a new life. It is totally different from the mother. And that life is from God. Turn left. You're in Proverbs 6. Turn left, if you will, to Psalm 139. Look with me in verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Me in my mother's womb. Me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. Dear friend, uh, God knows the baby in the womb. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower, lowest parts of the earth, mine eyes, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. God sees the embryo as it develops. And in thy book were all my members, in, in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! You know what that passage tells us, ladies and gentlemen? It tells us that when a woman is pregnant, that God is forming a child within that woman. And it tells us that that is both wonderful and a fearful thing. It also tells us that that pre-born life, that child is the object of the father's love and affection. How wonderful are God's thoughts toward that preborn child. Now, when does life begin? Who's going to settle it? God. God who made us all. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Listen to what God said to Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Do you know when Jeremiah was ordained to be a prophet? In his mother's womb. I sanctified you even before you came into your mother's womb. I ordained you. 
Do you know who's, who Jeremiah's mother was carrying around? A, a fetus? An embryo? A prophet. A prophet of God was in this. Had, had that baby been aborted, someone would have killed a prophet of God. That's what the Bible says. Let me tell you something. Jesus was being carried in the womb of Mary. John the Baptist was being carried in the womb of Elizabeth. And by the way, by today's standards, you would think that Mary would have had an abortion. After all, uh, the, uh, the baby that she had was bringing shame. I mean, after all, she was very young. I mean, after all, she was impoverished. Today, she'd have been a good candidate for an abortion. But she had within her womb our Lord. And in the womb of Elizabeth was John the Baptist. Luke 1, verse 41 records it. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I am telling you that John the Baptist in the presence of his Lord, even in his mother's womb, leaped with joy. Are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me that was not a child, not a human being, not made in the image of God, that that's a mass of protoplasm, that it's all right to take a little baby that can leap with joy in the presence of the Lord Jesus and put it to death? No. Tell you no. By the way, if this... If you don't like what I preach today, you come tell me and I'll think about preaching again next Sunday. The one voice that ought to speak has been primarily silent. The government, Hollywood, the social engineers, the atheists, the humanists, they've all been speaking. It's time for God's people to speak. We need to speak out clearly. Isaiah 51, 58 verse 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Israel their sin. We need to speak with a voice of a trumpet. No stutter, no stammer, no apology, and no fear, not let up, back up, or shut up until we're taken up. Tell you what else we need to do. We need to learn to forget our self-righteousness and have more compassion upon an unwed mother. And to show them love and compassion and understanding so many times we are driving them right into the arms of the abortionists. We need with love to give them some understanding and to pray for them. Now, listen. Do not be swayed by their high-sounding arguments. The liberals, the humanists, the social planners, and the experts. Don't let them sway you. Let me give you a verse. Write it down. It is Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Ladies and gentlemen, it's wrong to kill babies. Wrong! I don't care how much rhetoric you drape over it. It is wrong, wrong, wrong before God. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto Him. Hands that shed innocent blood. The last thing we must do, we must pray to God that He'll have mercy upon us and give us space to repent. I tell you, I'm not nearly so much afraid of what the communists are going to do to us as I am what God is going to do to us in this country of ours. We better get right with God. But I'll tell you, I thank God. I thank God that the Bible still teaches in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, 
Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And hallelujah, I will heal their land. I'm living for that day when we have a revival of righteousness in America. And I want to believe it's coming. That God, 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 not any preacher, not any president, but God is going to do something in America. Lord, haste that day. Don't you long for a burning, sweeping, glorious revival to blow across America. Oh, for God to do something. God is our only hope, but God is our biggest threat if we don't get right with Him. Who will speak up for the little ones, helpless and half abandoned? They've got a right to choose life they don't want to lose. I've got to speak up, won't you? Uh, friends, that was Dr. Adrian Rogers. Uh, what a message, what a message, what a declaration of truth. And Rich, aren't you proud that Bot Radio Network carries his broadcast every day, uh, even though he's in heaven? It's on I the sure network. am. It's on the network at 8 o'clock in the morning. And in Memphis, it's on at 7 in the morning. At 7 a.m., that's right. They're in, in Memphis. Memphis is on at 7. But 8 o'clock most everywhere else. Most everywhere else in the morning. Listen, here's a lady, one of our listeners. Well, let me give the listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. Here's a lady. Hi, my name is Janet. I'm at Canesville, Missouri. I listen to BOT on 107.9 out of Kirksville, Missouri. I want to tell Rich and Dick BOT, I love BOT Radio. I love it. I love James Dobson and Greg Laurie and, oh my goodness, everything. I lost my husband a few years ago, and it's very, very difficult. I know he's in heaven, but I miss him so bad. My husband gave his heart to Jesus after listening to Greg Laurie one early morning. I just thank you for Bot Radio. Please don't ever quit until the rapture takes place. Oh, oh dear Amen. lady, dear thank lady. You, thank you, thank you, thank you for that testimony. I, I, I have to tell you something, dear lady. When our son died... David, a number of years ago, Adrian Rogers called me on the phone and he said, Dick, you can't lose anybody if you know where they are. And David is in heaven, but you sure do miss him. And I feel that. I felt that when I heard what you said on the telephone. What's the phone number? 1-800-345-2621. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich. And we'll see you later.